Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org to donate. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. A very popular uh, system of dealing with problems in the church is in Matthew 18. People just sometimes will say, oh, did you follow Matthew 18? Right? We hear all the time as pastors. Uh, Somehow, if you follow Matthew 18, then you're good. And if you remember Matthew 18, what that refers to is when someone hurts you, you should deal deal with it with them, right? That's pretty good advice, right? Deal with them about it, right? One-on-one. If that doesn't work, anybody know what you do next? A couple more people, right? Expand a little bit, but not too many. And then finally, uh, if it doesn't work, you go to more people, basically. But you uh, calmly do it one step at a time. You go just, just mano a mano, and then a couple people, and then I think the next part is you go to the, the church. And if it doesn't work then, well, then you get to excommunicate them. And you hear this all the time, like, did you follow Matthew 18? Almost kind of like, if you did, then you could do whatever you want to. As long as you go through the steps and someone hurts you, you talk to them and you talk to this person, then you're good. Peter, this is what we do with Jesus when he speaks. We, we look for, what's the least I can do? Let me mark that down. Almost kind of like, if we do that, then we're good. And miss the gist of what Jesus is saying. And so people will say this, and Peter, I can just see him, right? Wheels are turning. Okay. So, uh, somebody hurts me. Uh, I'm going to confront them one-on-one, just like Jesus said. Go play the rules, because Jesus loves rules, by the way, if you haven't noticed. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to go to a couple people. And if that doesn't work, then I get to go. Then I get to go to the church. And if that doesn't work, well, then, then that person needs to get in trouble. So Jesus, Peter replies, just in case that, in fact, just in case that this person that hurts you actually apologizes, you'll, you'll have to say, you have to forgive them, right? Peter must already be thinking ahead. Well, what, ha- what happens if that person actually apologizes and I have to forgive them? But what if he does it again? Does that have to go through the whole Matthew 18 thing? Or what's the rules? And so Peter, after hearing this, says, Lord, how often shall I, my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And I think Peter, kind of thinking he knows Jesus, kind of like a little, uh, just, like, just like when you visit the preschoolers at school and they think that uh, seven's a big number. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to live to be 12. You know what I mean? Like, those are big numbers to them, right? Whoa, what's the highest number you can count? It sounds like that with Peter. He's like, how many times? But first he's thinking not about forgiveness. He's thinking, how often shall my brother sin against me? He's got, there's somebody that's bugging him. And I forgive him. Almost kind of like, and I have to forgive him. You hear that in this a little bit? And then Peter says, like a little preschooler, seven times? 
thinking like, that's a big number. Jesus is going to be impressed. You know, because Jesus likes to love everybody. And Jesus <laughs> says, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And right away, I'm sure Peter's doing what? How many is that? Okay. Right? Oh, okay, just uh, 70 times seven? Is that the point of Jesus' words? Even in Matthew 18, when it comes to dealing with a disagreement or someone that sinned against you? Here's a system, go through it, and then you can punish them? 70 times seven, does Jesus really mean that? There's a limit, there's a rule, there's a bunch of little rules you gotta follow, then you, after 70 times seven, you don't need to forgive them anymore. No. And the same when it goes to dealing with your, your fellow sinners that hurt you. It's not about your rules, you gotta go through the system and then you can feel good about yourself because you went through the system and now you don't have to forgive them because you went through the, the little rules that Jesus laid out. That's not Christianity. That's all the religions. Little, little rules to make yourself feel good about yourself. If you follow these steps, you're righteous. What's the gist of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 18 when it comes to reconciling with your brother or sister? It's about reconciling. And to go and to do as much as you can to win that person back, Jesus actually says it. Do, yeah, where is it? Yeah. You've gained your brother. Friends, we are called to forgive. Not seven times. Not, not when they do something correctly in the sense of like, did they apologize to me verbally? Well, then I'll forgive them. I've heard that too, right? I'm not going to forgive till they apologize. Or do they have to kind of show that they're sorry? You're not going to, yeah, I know that they said they're sorry, but I'm not going to forgive until they kind of demonstrate it a little bit. I don't really think they're really sorry. We have all kinds of qualifications, and Jesus' people did too. The Pharisees, etc. they had all kinds of, who's my neighbor? And they figured out that this is their neighbor, and that's not their neighbor. So therefore, I don't have to love that person because they don't really fit in the definition of neighbor. And I don't need to forgive that person because they didn't do these things right. Jesus is unleashing a fire hose of forgiveness. There is no numbers. Anytime a number is used with the word grace, it is not grace. There's no numbers, it's not math. It's not a system. Grace is free and given, unending without qualification. Jesus does his parable, doesn't he? Classic, we should get the point. This, uh, Matt, this boss had this worker that owed him a lot of money, and uh, uh, the boss threatens the, you know, you, back then, by the way, you had debtor's prison. I have a friend that says that all the time, like, Joel, like, when he wants to, he wants to go on vacation or something, like, Joel, there's no debtor's prison. Just go. You know, you can't go to prison for owing on your... Anyhow, that's maybe not the best Dave Ramsey advice. But uh, 
So this guy owes him, and he's going to be thrown into prison, and he begs for mercy, and the boss lets him go, forgives the whole thing. And then what does the guy do? He leaves, and he finds some guy that owed him, and immediately freaks out, (laughs) and actually has his family sent to prison. Jesus does this ridiculous parable because that's how insane we look. When we're not free and easy when it comes to giving grace and forgiveness. When someone hurts you, you forgive them, whether they've asked for it or not. And maybe you don't have the opportunity to say it, but you do it in your head. And why? I mean, what gives you the power? You know what kind of power that is? To tell someone that is stolen from you? Or far worse, right? You're forgiven. I hope well. I hope the best for you. I hope God blesses you and takes care of you. I let you go of that. That is a power that can really change a person's life to tell them they don't owe you anything. And we have that power because Jesus makes it really clear we are that servant who owed everything, wasted enough of our life, sinned against our boss, our God, put him to the cross, and yet he forgives you without qualification, not looking for just enough amount of penitence or feelings, and you really cried hard, you're really sorry. No, he's a sucker. God is a sucker for a sob story. It doesn't take much, just like when you're on the train. I think I told this story before, meeting this person there, and you see it all the time, right? And this lady's asking for money, and, and she had a whole story. We all do, don't we, for God. This is why I did this. This is why I did that. Kind of trying to talk God into forgiving us. And she had the whole story. And she came here for school and didn't work out. And now she had this and had some money, you know. And my whole family's with me. And you could tell she was strung out. She didn't have a job interview in the city. I didn't humiliate her and tell her it was a stupid story. I gave her money. Because that's what God does to us. Maybe it wasn't the best decision. Don't have to do that, by the way. Don't feel guilty if you don't always do that. But that's really God. He's better than us. He's a sucker for your sins and your sob stories and your problems. And he forgives you. Forget about it. Paid by Christ. Knowing that. Knowing that our sins are forgiven. Knowing that God provides. Frees us that we don't have to hold grudges and we don't have to hold things against people because God will take care of us tomorrow. We can take the risk of forgiving someone that we actually think might hurt, hurt me tomorrow. We can do that because God's got our back. Not only because he forgives us, but he actually promises to provide for us and take care of us. I can give money to someone because I know the Lord is going to take care of me tomorrow. You are freed by the grace of Christ that never stops. 
And may it flow through you today. I hope right now you're thinking of somebody that's always on you. Maybe, maybe you, by the way, if you have some terrible situation, somebody hurt me, please talk to me. If you need help forgiving. But I bet we all have those people that we're just forgiving every day. Keep doing it. Because God's grace will keep pouring on you. And it won't stop either, thank God. In Jesus' name, amen.